0: What do you think is more important, what you do or the message behind it? Today's guest believes it's all in the message, but how do you find that message? We're all here to share our unique wisdom and gifts, but uncovering exactly what that wisdom is and how to share it can be a process, to put it lightly. Today's guest will share her story of how she figured out her purpose in her 40s and how you can start to uncover your most authentic self and calling. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Creative with Lauren LaGrasso. I'm Lauren LaGrasso. I'm an award-winning podcast host and producer, singer-songwriter, public speaker, and creative coach. This show sits at the intersection of creativity, mental health, self-development, and spirituality, and is meant to give you tools to love, trust, and know yourself enough to claim your right to creativity and pursue whatever it is that's on your heart. Today's guest is Kim Gravel. Kim is an entrepreneur, TV personality, public speaker, podcaster, and industry leader. Most of all, Kim has a true passion for people and seeing them rise. Her authentic, common sense style has resulted in Kim being one of the most booked guests on The Steve Harvey Show, starring in the hit docuseries, Kim of Queens, and partnering with retail giant QVC to launch her highly successful apparel line, Belle, by Kim Gravel. And the Belle Beauty Cosmetics line, which my mom is just a huge fan of Kim. Like so excited. Jumped for joy when I told her I was having her on. So I wanted to have Kim on the show because she is what my mom would call personality plus. She emanates joy, authenticity, fun, and love. Her career and life are a perfect roadmap for anyone looking to go toward their dream who feels like it's too late for them and that they just can't reinvent themselves. From today's chat, you'll learn how to find your purpose, the importance of loving your most authentic self, how to cultivate quiet time and self care through a busy schedule, how to deal with fears, doubts, and much more. Okay, now here she is, the amazing Kim Gravel. Kim, I am so excited to be with you today. I have to tell you something. You are the only guest I've ever had on my podcast that both my baby boomer mom and my 20-year-old editor-producer were equally excited about. So welcome to Unleash Your Inner Creative.
1: <laughs> can I just say, let me just say something. Yes, That's say something. a big accomplishment. Yes. Okay? Don't even take it that a 52-year-old can't
0: bridge the gap in the generation, okay? Because we can. You can. And I wanted to ask you about that. <laughs> Have you always had this ability to connect across the masses, across demographics, across different genders. Like, tell me about this piece of you that equally connects to someone who's 20 as they do to somebody who was born in the 50s.
1: Well, it's not me,
0: okay, Lauren?
1: I mean, everybody says Kim, 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 but I'm busy in a one arm paper anger and dubber in the box of rocks half the time. So like, it's not me, it's the message. The message is, you know, this love who you are, and love the life you're living is universal. It, it goes beyond gender or race or age, or, you know, the color of your skin. It's something that connects us all because we all have purpose, Lauren. So when I'm speaking purpose into people, which is my calling in life, that's what I'm called to do. Five years old, you're getting it. 55 years old, you're getting it. My 76 year old mother gets it. So I'm just saying like, it's not me, it's the message.
0: So take me back, Kim, because you said something. It made me think of you as a five-year-old. Like, what was little Kim on the playground like? And what were the signs that this is who she would grow into be someday?
1: Well, I was a baller shot caller on the playground. You know, I've always been bossy. I've always been a type A. I've always been driven. now it wasn't as focused and it, wasn't, it needed to be parented and disciplined, and it took me years to do that, Lauren. Years. I don't think I even got what this calling that I have on my life, which everyone has one on their life, until I was about mid-30s. Really, my early 20s, I went through a painful divorce, and that's when, you know, a lot of times we don't learn until we're laid out flat, you know, on our back or on our knees, really searching for what's next for us. But it was, I would say my mid-30s, Lauren, I really got that I am different that I am unique, that I do have something special to offer. And about 40, I figured out, and so does everybody else. All of that learning came into a completion moment for me, spiritually, physically, mentally. That's when my life really took off. That's when the success really started happening. That's when the confidence really rose up inside of me.
0: Took me a long time. I'm hard-headed, girl. I'm slow. I have to catch up. (laughs) Well, I think there's power in being a late bloomer. And I love that you talk about that because so many people have this misconception in their heads that if I don't get everything done by the time I'm 25, my life is over. I've definitely thought that. I remember when I was 25 being like, I haven't done anything yet. I need to, you know, do so much more. I haven't done. I wish I could go back and whisper in my ear, you're the youngest person I've ever met. You're going to be fine. Ooh, Lauren, say that again twice. But I know you had this unleash moment where you decided, maybe I can dream again. You talk about, you know, when you were little, you had these big dreams. You won Miss Georgia at 19. You worked hard. You always had this dream of a career. And then when you were 36, you decided you're going to be a mom. You're going to stay at home. And then you found yourself depressed. What was the moment that allowed you to start dreaming again? I think I've always been a dreamer because let's take big picture first. So
1: dreaming is not a destination. We always think when we dream, it's going to get us somewhere. Dreams are free flowing. They're evolving. They're prolific. They're in every season of your life. They're in every part of who you are. So dreams are not a destination. They're a unfolding, if you will, in your life. So when I look back, At 52, I'm looking back, right? And I have always been a dreamer. And I think we all are. We all are. Some of us bury it. Some of us deny it. Some of us ignore it. But all of us have dreams and desires and things inside of our heart that are waiting to come out. But for me, I stopped looking at dreams as being this thing to accomplish. And I started looking at dreams as this thing to grow into. So... I can look back and say, I've had goals that I've accomplished, but I think for me, when I got the TV show, Kim of Queens, when I manifested that in my life, that was when the dream became purposeful. A lot of times I would bump into things. Yeah. I always say my husband, I married my husband. He's everything I never thought I always wanted. (laughs) I'm serious. That's my biggest fright. I'm like, you're everything I never thought, but really always wanted, you know? And it's not sexy. It's not all that, but it's real. And dreams are like that too. We bump into things in our life. But when I started pursuing the reality TV show, that's when I took dreams to a purposeful place. That's when I said, you know what? I think I have some kind of control over this thing called destiny. And if I work in tandem with God, I might just get there quicker and it might just be more pleasurable journey. You know what I'm saying? Instead of just bumping in like a bumper car into things. Does that make
0: sense? That does. But I'd love to dive into that a little bit more. Like what did that shift look like in action? That's a good question. Okay, Lauren, you might be making me get all detailed on you.
1: I was sitting at home with two small children at 37 years old. So I had my kids later in life. And I was watching John and Kate Plus 8. Who wants a clean house on Style Network? It's called Clean House. And so I'd sit there and watch these reality TV shows all day while I'm burping, you know, clean up, spit up, changing stinky diapers. And I thought, you know, I want to do this. I want to take my message. And I always have helped young girls. And Padgett's, I've always been a mentor. I've always, you know, given back in that way. I could do a reality TV show. I'm going to do this. And so I went into my basement and recorded a two or three minute little reel talking about how I need to lose 50 pounds. I held my babies and I did what they call a sizzle reel. And I emailed it out to about 7,000 different people. And you said, well, Kim, how did you know how to, I Googled it. I said, producers of reality TV shows and a list came up and I just sent that out to everybody. Long story short, it came to pass about a year and a half later where I had the reality TV show. But my point is I took action. I stopped dreaming and I put my dreams, I put some feet to my dreams and I took an action. So many people listening to this right now, Lauren, they have the dreams and they love to hear my how and your how and how did you get there? When all they have to do to make their how happen is just take a little step of
0: action, just a little bit. Such a beautiful story. And one thing I thought about, you know, if you had known what you know now with how it is to actually like, reach out to a TV producer, the things you have to have together. I'm putting that in quotes to put together a pitch and you may not have done it at that point because you would have thought, Oh, I'm not prepared enough. And I think a lot of people get in their head thinking I have to know every single thing before I do anything or else I'll never be able to do it. But sometimes there's a benefit in not knowing. I once heard somebody say God protects fools and I really believe that's true (laughs)
1: he protects this one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> same, same. So if somebody's in that position now, we're like, well, I just don't know enough. What would you say to them about how to take that first step? Well, you're never going to
1: know enough. That's the beautiful thing about not knowing. There is some innocence to that. There is some like nativity to that. There is some, if you did know, you probably wouldn't do it anyway. So quit trying to figure it out. Stop, stop trying to control it. Knowledge is great. I'm not downing that, and God knows I need more of it. But quit trying to figure it out. Sometimes knowledge is paralyzing. Sometimes networking can be paralyzing. I do it with social media, Lauren. I'm like, I cannot tell you the stress that I put on. Like, what am I going to post? Is this cool? Is it? I can't tell you how I just. But a lot of times I'm not posting because I just. It's fear based. And so it doesn't really matter what you post, just make a stupid post, Kim, just make it. And a lot of times that's what I'd say to people, just take a step. You don't have to know everything because you don't, and you never will. It takes about 10,000 hours to become an expert at anything. And you're nowhere near the 10,000 hours, but you can be 10 minutes in and take that first step.
0: So true. I mean, I've been feeling like that with posting lately too. I really have been getting in my head about it. I'm like, oh my God, what do I post? Is this good enough? Should I share this? Should I not? What is that? And how are you working through this? I'm not. Yeah.
1: I'm not working through it. I'm not. Again, that fear, is this going to be good enough? If people are going to connect with are they going to like it? Are they going to love it? Like it's performance-based mm-hmm. instead of just purpose-based. And a lot of times we try to perform When a lot of times I posted something yesterday, just I was getting my Tig Old Bitties, you know, mammogram, had to get my Tig Old Bitties checked. And so I just posted that. A lot of times we stop ourselves from doing the things we just need to do because of it's fear, girl. It's just fear. But yeah, I still haven't conquered that. It's a
0: daily struggle for me. Daily. What is your relationship with fear like?
1: I say fear is your frenemy because a lot of times I'm motivated. By fear-based, Well, my oldest son, he's, he's 16, he's wearing me out. I never sit on a clean toilet seat, but he's negatively motivated. So I've been watching him. I've been learning a lot from him because he'll take the fear and he'll take the negativity that comes at us so strongly and he'll process that and use it as fuel. Mm. And I've been learning how to do that lately, just watching my son, which I get emotional talking about it because young people are so important. They're so important. And you hear, are these kids today? You hear that everywhere. And listen, these kids today, I'm going to say that too. But there's so much to be gained through watching them navigate this world. And so for me, I've been trying to use this fear as fuel. Instead of letting it paralyze me, let it fuel me towards really stepping into some things that I otherwise wouldn't. And what is it teaching you right now? Your fear? It's reminding me more so than anything, that mistakes are good and mistakes become messages. They don't mess you up. They make you up and they really add flavor. Look, people are boring. Just left to our own little perfect worlds and perfect social media and perfect. We would be so boring. People are boring. Look at reality TV, look at social media. It's what gets so many likes. It's the funny things. It's you hit your head on the garage or you make a mistake or that's what gives us flavor. And so for me, I tell people, and I tell myself this all the time, it's the mistakes and the messes and the, you know, not
0: knowings that add the salt. The salt and the sauce, I think. Yeah. (laughs) Mm. That's your book. Salt and sauce. There you go. It could be. I'm Italian. It feels right. (laughs) (laughs) Let's stir the pot, Kim. Do it, baby. So one thing I'm obsessed with that you talk about of the many things I'm obsessed with that you talk about is how to find your purpose. We've talked a lot about your message. You say your purpose can be summed up in two words. Can you share a little bit about your theory on purpose and how to find yours? Yeah, it's simple, but
1: it's the big get in life. Like, I will go speak to so many people, Lauren, and I would you know, thousands of people in the audience. And I would say, how many of you know you have a purpose and everybody, I mean, everybody, there's nobody going, Nope, we sure don't. We ain't got a purpose. Everybody raises their hand. And then I'll say, I can put it down. And I'll say, how many of you know what you, what yours is? And it is crickets. And I think that's the big lie that we tell ourselves, well, we got a purpose, but I don't know what it is. You do. See, that's the thing is you do know what your purpose is. It's deep inside of you. You're born with it. Really quick story. I don't know if we've got time, but I'm going to tell it. Oh, we've got time. So when I was in the fifth grade, okay, I was in the fifth grade, Lauren, and I thought I wanted to be Whitney Houston. Okay. The queen of soul. She's absolutely, other than Aretha Franklin, she's number two. And Whitney was coming on the scene and I was obsessed with her. I was in the fifth grade. And so I thought I wanted to be the next Whitney Houston. So I decided on the girls' playground, on the playground, I would gather, gather my little friends, Sheila, Lisa. I remember these girls vividly. They had a talent show, the fifth grade talent show at the school. And I said, we're going to be in this talent show, and we're going to have a band. Well, they're looking at me like, okay, we don't know how to play an instrument. I'm like, that's okay. You don't have to play an instrument. We're going to do an air band. I'm going to sing live, but you guys are just going to pretend you're playing your instruments. Okay. So I went and got me a set of drums, a keyboard, a bass guitar, a rhythm guitar, and I made our outfits. Listen to this, Lauren. Fifth grade. There was no Google. There was no Amazon. I made my mom in our, you know, little car go pick up all these instruments. I borrowed them from the church, from people down the road, and we had to take them to the school. It was a real instruments. They were big instruments. Obsessed. (laughs) Obsessed. And then I made my outfits. I went and got baseball shirts, it was purple sleeves. And then I got the little iron on it said, the band was called Rare Edition. I have the pictures, Rare Edition. And then I made myself an outfit head to toe. This is gonna date me big time. So we'd have big albums, (laughs) you know, the vinyls. And on the flip side, it would be an instrumental version of what was on the front side. So the B side would be this instrumental version. (laughs) This is crazy, girl. (laughs) You went so deep, (laughs) girl. I wasn't having it Talk about no fear And so The song I sang Was Keep Me Suspended In Time With You From the Xanadu soundtrack Now all of that Can be Googled And looked up Because if you haven't seen Xanadu It's a roller skating movie It's fantastic Olivia Newton-John May she rest in peace So I got up there And I sang Keep me suspended In time with you I was fifth grade End of the thing People stood up And clapped And I thought Oh my gosh I'm gonna be a singer. I'm gonna be the next Whitney Houston. Fast forward till I'm sitting in my apartment broke on Jimmy Carter Boulevard, Atlanta, trying to figure out what am I here for? Why am I here? What's my purpose? And I traced it all the way back to that fifth grade talent show, Lauren. I wasn't a singer. I wasn't even a fashion designer. I wasn't a, a leader of sorts. I was a builder. I took all of what was in here and took pieces and built it. I built my little girlfriends up to where they could be on stage and pretend to play their instrument. Everything I do is to edify or to build. You're listening to my voice right now, Lauren, and so is so many people. I bet you if I sat down and talked to you for 30 minutes to an hour, I could tell you just by the conversations we would have and the things you would share with your past, your life experiences, you could drill down your purpose into two words. Your purpose is the thread that has been speaking to you and sewing your life together from when you were a little kid.
0: Ooh, Kim. Okay.
1: So good. You don't discover it. You just remember it. Thank you. I'll be here all day.
0: <laughs> I was like, okay, well, that, that's the podcast. Thank you so much. You solved life. It's true though. Yeah, it is. But the thing is, we let so many other people, pieces get in the way other people's conditioning other things people have told us that we're good at that actually don't really feel like home to us things that we think we could do instead of what we're really yearning to do how do you drill down to that thread how do you see the deepest through line what is your advice that's a good question because your purpose is not what you do
1: it's your why you do it right So we mistake, oh, I'm a good singer or I'm a good this. I could sing. I got a great voice. I could do fashion design. I've got, I I have a fashion line. I can do so many things, but that's not my why. My why is to edify. So a lot of times we get distracted by the doing. You know why we do that? You know why we get distracted by that, Lauren? Is because we can control it. And then we start looking to the left and to the right. Well, Lauren does a podcast. She's a podcast producer. She's... So we start looking at other people and comparing our dues to their wise.
0: Ooh. Ooh, put it on t shirt. Ooh. Put it on t shirt. <laughs> you got to compare apples to
1: apples here. So when I look at you and you are such a successful podcast, right? But is your podcast successful because of what you do? Or is your podcast successful, Lauren, because of who and why you are? So I would challenge anyone that's listening to this right now. Stop worrying about what you're doing. Start doing. Get active. Start getting busy. Take action. But take some time to really get quiet and understand your why. Why am I doing what I want to do? Why do I have this dream? What is it about me that makes me unique and different? Because I think a lot of us forgot that too. A lot of people are comparing themselves to other people when they are already
0: fearfully, wonderfully, and uniquely made, as is. If someone's stuck in a comparison trap right now, what's your advice for how they can start to get out of that?
1: Society will tell you, starve it, and it will die, meaning the comparison. I don't know if I agree with that. I have a philosophy about, you know, I've I just recently lost a, a good bit of weight, almost 50 pounds, in It really happened with a decision. I made a decision and then I took action upon that decision. But I'm not saying don't not follow people because you're jealous or you want what they have. Okay, because we all do that. We always look at somebody. Oh, well, well, they got that opportunity. Why didn't I? I say lean into that and encourage them. See, you can't overcome a fear because that's just fear talking when you're comparing. You're just fearful. You don't have what they have and you don't. See, that's the whole thing. You don't. You don't have what they have. So stop trying to be them or stop trying to do what they do. Do you. Get into you. But to do that, just gossiping about it, unfollowing it, or holding bitterness in your heart because of it. And women do this really bad, Lauren. I don't know why we're going here, but somebody needs to hear this. We do this really bad. I say lean into it, encourage them, find the good in them. That's how you fight it. You fight it head on, balls to the walls, Swinging shots at it. You don't fight it by retreating, denying, and cocooning. Yeah, you got to get into race. You got to get into race. You got to get
0: into fight. It's so interesting because what flashed through my head when you were talking about that is that lifting other people up who you might have a ping of jealousy for, or feel like, oh, I'm I'm not good enough when I see you know what someone else is doing. Lifting them up and edifying them is kind of like the other person version of gratitude. Come on. So you
1: brilliant girl. You get it. You're here. You're doing it. Let's go. Talk about that.
0: Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I mean it just that feels really true. So true. And I've also heard other people say, you know, when you see somebody else, it's an expander for you. It's like I'll have what she's having. Hey creative If you love the show and it has meant a lot to you, could you do me a favor, rate and review on Apple, give it a review on Spotify, share it with a friend. These things all make a major difference in a podcaster's life and in growing their show. And I really want to build up this community of creatives who love, trust and know themselves and love, trust and deeply know others so if you could do that and share the show with someone you care about, that would mean so much. All right. I love you.
1: When I went to QVC the first time, there was a, a designer there. Her name is Susan Graver, and I love her. And when I tell you how much she would sell annually, I don't want to tell her business. But it was a lot.
0: A lot.
1: Okay. And I remember going in there and I just was like, oh my God, I love her. I love her. I love her. And I would say to everybody, to the CEO, to the the janitor in the building, I got graver goals. See what I'm saying? Yeah. I didn't look at her as a competitor. I didn't look at her as a person to envy. I said, I got graver goals, y'all. Fast forward seven years later, I, I do have graver goals.
0: You've achieved graver goals. <laughs>
1: Yes, ma'am. So, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, that's
0: what exactly what you're saying. Is that what you're saying? Yes, exactly. Like even me being here with you today, Kim. I want to be you when I grow up. I want to be you too. Let's be friends and let's be with each other. We're best and friends for each other with brows like that. With, with brows, brows like that, that I can't, how can we not? How could we how lose? We, not? we were meant to be. <laughs> but no, it's so true. It's like. You know, sometimes you just need to also see that it's possible. It's like that thing with the four minute mile, right? No one had ever run the four minute mile. Then one person ran it. Then suddenly everybody else knew that they could run it. When I look at your career, I'm like, oh, I actually haven't been dreaming big enough. We never do. Yeah.
1: You know, I'm a person of strong faith and, and that's a whole nother podcast, but.
0: Oh, we can talk about it here. We love spirituality on this show. People say, fake it till you make it. No,
1: baby girl, faith it till you make it. And whatever builds up your faith, that's what you need to lean into. Don't let fear speak louder than faith. But at the same time, if it does, faith it till you make it. Regardless, use that fear as fuel and get out there and have a little bit of faith in yourself, y'all. You already do. If you look back over your life, I don't care if you're 20 listening to this or if you're 120, you have come through more things through faith and through belief in who you are than you even remember. That's the whole thing. You have been brought through so many things. Some of you death, some of you financial destitute, some of you abuse, some of you trauma, some of you just, you can't get a date. I mean, we've all been through our stuff. So you've already demonstrated the faith, but when you put awareness to it, and you really look at and examine your life, your life, and you put action to that, y'all, your rate of success and how fast
0: it will happen will seem overnight. You know, I think a lot of people believe, but they don't have faith. And it's a subtle shift. But, you know, there's been a lot of times in my life where I feel like, I've never, ever for a second doubted God or God's place in my life. But there have been times when I've been angry with God, where I felt, why did you put this like dream in my heart? Come on, Lord. If you didn't want me to get it. And if somebody's in that position right now, which I find myself going back and forth between sometimes, how can you faith it till you make it? Like, how can you actually fully lean into faith when you're teetering on the edge? Let me ask you a few questions, if you don't mind. I don't mind. Do you think God is a trickster? No. Do you think he's
1: the ultimate creator? Yes. Then why do you think he would give you this and tease you with it and never complete it? Answer that. I want you to really answer that for me.
0: I think because I'm scared and because I'm trying to save myself from disappointment and it's easier to convince myself that I had the wrong dream or belief about myself than it is to admit that I'm in a moment where I don't know what's going to happen next, where I'm clutching my fate and trying to control it versus believing because it makes me feel like I have some power over my own life. But again, I'm going to go back to when we started Your dream is attached
1: to a destination. Okay, all this works together. So you are attaching the dream to what you can see. His dream for you is so much bigger and you can't even comprehend or see that. So when you get disappointed because this is not happening, he's sitting over here going, Lauren, but I got you over here, up here. And if I put you here, you'll never get here. Let me put my hands in there so you can see the screen a little bit. You'll never get here. So dreams are not a destination. I'm telling you right now, Lauren, if he's put it inside of you and you have the desire, he will be faithful to complete it. But it's going to be everything you never thought but always wanted.
0: Yeah. And Kim, you know what? It's so true because when I moved to L.A., I wanted to act. That was my only dream. I wanted to act. And that was the only thing I was planning on doing. And because that dream didn't come true in the way I wanted it to, I discovered I was a songwriter. I never knew I could write a song until I was 23. I discovered I was a podcaster and that I love connecting with people in this way. There's so many things that I have been given because I didn't get what I wanted and so many even identities that I, I never could have even dreamed of that have been my greatest fulfillment. So I've already seen it be true. So I'm going to lean into that it could be true again in an even bigger way. Right. I'm going to tell you what my daddy told me. Please.
1: When I started singing, because remember, I, we're going to take this back. I wanted to be Whitney Houston. Remember, I wanted to be a little singer on the stage. And My dad used to say to me, I was like 11, 12, 13 years old, never sing where you don't talk. Never just stand up, take a mic and sing a song, talk before." He said, "You're a talker, you're a communicator." OK? And then I remember when I did my first little local TV show in Atlanta, and he said, "Never talk where you don't tell a story." This is truth. That I've never said this out loud. So I'd be on my, the little live television show here in local Atlanta, It was community television, and so I would tell stories. I did that, and then he said, "Never tell a story where you don't make it about the other person." Dad, stay with me. I'm tracking, track with me. And so then he said to me this last time, he said, never not make it about someone else where you're not adding value. There's the journey to build. I'm telling you, Lauren, the reason you haven't arrived at your final destination is because there's so much more that's going to encompass this dream that he's put inside of you. You are a songwriter. You are a producer. You are a master communicator. You're sharp. Sweetheart, you are so quick-witted. I have sat here and talked to you, what, 20-something minutes, and I can already tell you, you know more in your little pinky than most people your age that are doing it, that making six, seven figures a year. I know, I'm 52, I've been around a lot of people. I've seen a lot of dummies, and I've seen a lot of smart ones. And none of them are bad, but you are way above all that. I can just tell by talking to you. Okay. So there's so much more in you that he's got to work through you till he gives you the thing. And the thing is not going to be one thing. You're, you're an entrepreneur, baby. You're welcome to the world of hell. <laughs> okay. When I tell you that now that's a whole other podcast, but he's got so much for you that if he showed it all to you, you'd be like, I can't do all, I'm exhausted. I can't do all that. Cause how old are you, Lauren? 34. Oh, girl. Yeah, you already doing all this mess. Mm-mm. I might have to work for you one day. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. You might be calling me. <laughs> that would be the honor of my lifetime. <laughs> it was so funny because Zach was telling me, our, my producer was saying, Lauren, she does so many things. And what that tells me is he would not have you doing so many things, Lauren, if he doesn't have you doing so many things in the future. Mm. And why would you need to know so many things? Not that you're going to be doing those, all those jobs, but you're going to be running a conglomerate, probably a huge media company, if I was to make a prediction or prophesy over you. You're gathering your people. Girl, it's happening. It's already happening. It's happening. And I'm just on this podcast to confirm that in your soul. Thank you. That's it. <laughs> that's it. That's all. That's it. Good night. Thank she you. She just prophesized
0: my life, but that's it. <laughs> but I'm right. I'm right, because I'm in my calling doing that. Kim, I could literally go in 15 million different directions right now, but something that you said earlier that also wove through what you just said when you read me so accurately and gave me such a blessing (laughs) um, is that your purpose is connected to serving others and also to seeing others.
1: You know, you're on your path. You know, you are running your race when that happens. When that happens, money, notoriety, likes, growth,
0: success, connectivity, following follows. And talk to me about that because I know something you do so brilliantly, and it's from an authentic place. It's not like you're like, let me connect with my audience today. You genuinely see people and connect with them because you see them. But tell me what that process has been like of selling from and building this audience from this authentic place of connection. How have you done that? It's a good question. And there's no really scientific Excel
1: spreadsheet answer. I love them because I love myself. I love my audience because we're the same. See, now this is a business I've sat in so many different meetings, so many different strategy meetings and corporate meetings and brainstorming meetings and sales meetings where people are always talking about the customer, the customer. She's a soccer mom. La It's the customer. They name her Sarah or whatever. And I want to sit there and go, but you, Sarah, girl, you, Sarah, I'm Sarah, or they want to sell to a phantom group. I want to sell to a 36 year old Is at the country club. They don't exist. 36 year olds are just trying to pay their bills and raise their babies. Okay. Like for me, when I started going, Oh, we're all the same, just in different ways. Okay. Okay. There is no selling. And we started this podcast like this. There is no 20 year old thinking differently than the 70 something year old. What I'm saying is, yeah, what you like and your taste and your music and poop boop, boop. But we all want to feel beautiful. We all want to feel young. We all want to feel vibrant and empowered. We're all the same. So when I'm selling or when I'm presenting something or when I'm building something, I've always have my girl in mind. Always. She's the star of the show. Not me. Not my product. You can get product anywhere. Heck, I can have Amazon deliver me a a brand new love seat and couch set by tomorrow at noon. Product is a dime a dozen as well. But how you make people feel about themselves, that's priceless. So keep the main thing, the main thing. I say this to anybody who's building any kind of business or any kind of following
0: or whatever your dream is, it's not about you. Yeah. And clearly it works because as you know, my mom's closet is all Kim Gravel. I mean, when I tell you this is the most proud of me, I think she's ever been in my career. (laughs) I'm not kidding. And girl, you've interviewed a lot of people. But Kim Gravel, number one position. I mean, she was like, honey, I'm going to send you some pictures of me and Kim's outfits. This is my one in front of the tree. What do you think? And then she tells me the name of all the... I mean, listen, I got to read you this text message, Kim. I'm pulling Please it read up it. right now. Please read it. Can you do me a favor and text me this after we get off of yes, this? Yes, I would love to. She goes, the top is Belle by Kim Gravel, woven aloha poncho. I also have her perfect peak scalloped five inch shorts. I have her triple luxe. I don't know if it's, is it pet denim? That's what she wrote. Straight leg jeans. She does talking text. So a lot of times things just don't turn out quite it's right. It's Prima Belle. I know exactly what she's talking about. She's Prima Bell denim. That's what she's talking okay. about. Okay. <laughs> and then she also has several of your maxi dresses in coral, black, and leopard. She has multiples of all of them, by the way, multiples of all of them.
1: <laughs> okay. Lauren, she's hired. I need her. I need her to be my influencer.
0: Honestly, she would be the best brand ambassador. I also need to tell you, Kim, QVC was like the second mother in my household. It was just always (laughs) on, always on. I love this so much. Yeah. So tell me about QVC, how that came to be, what you're excited about that's going on there right now, because clearly it's resonating.
1: QVC has been around for 30 plus years. So, I mean, and so many people say... Well, I don't watch QVC, like even some young girls, you know, they'll say that. I'm like, oh, you will, girl. Yeah. Tell them to get a life. Well, no, this is the thing. I mean, you do. You, you, it's almost like, you know, people say you age out of things, right? right. Like even when she's aging, this is what you age into. So here you go. you get there. You're, you're going to be QVC. And the thing about it is it's so amazing. QVC is ahead of its time because it was connecting and doing social media before social media was even a thing. They're way ahead of their time. It's that over-the-fence selling. It is a community. I can't tell you how many friends I've made, not only in the building and with the host and, and the employees and all that, but with our girl, with through social media. I can't tell you we talk together, we pray together, we encourage one another. It is a community like none other. And that's the beautiful thing when women come together. So now I'm going to talk to us about supporting each other. Because... There's something very powerful when women lock arms and decide to make a change or to do something. I love dudes. I've got three of them in my house. I'm married to one. I have two sons that are teenagers, Bra. That's all I hear is bra and no cap and bussin and all that. But, but there's something about women, girls of all generations that really make the world go round. And now I'm going to get emotional because if women could catch a glimpse And Lauren, I cannot tell you how many women, because I have a very best friend of 20 plus years. Her name is Amy. She's crazy. Every woman wants a best friend. Every woman wants the sex in the city group of friends. I could lose my husband, but I don't know if I could lose my friends. I mean, I'm golden girls. That's my, to retire and be golden girls, all living together in this, in fact, I've got a best friend calling me right now. Put her on. (laughs) That's what QVC though brings to the party. It's just that sisterhood, right? Like your mom, now, now you, your mom and I are now BFFs. Now we're going to be friends forever. You're going to give me her information.
0: Okay. Joanne's in Metro Detroit screaming right now. She's so excited. I love me some her,
1: (laughs) but that's what, that's what QVC does. It's a sisterhood and it builds it. And when you build it, that's an army that can't be beat.
0: Yeah. Well, your clothes are so beautiful and I just love what you do there. And I love the confidence that your clothes give my mom. Like, I can't tell you the last time she posed for a picture willingly. And so the fact that she was so excited by your clothes that she had the confidence to get in front of the camera and send me these pictures to share with you shows me everything I need to know about the power of what you do.
1: Yeah. But it's the power of purpose of why I do it. I'm telling you, that's the secret. That's your secret sauce, girl. That's that sauce that we're talking about for your book. It's just the why. And so I would encourage anybody, why do you do what you do? And if you don't have a why, maybe you shouldn't be doing it.
0: Let's talk about that a little more because you are the ultimate multi-passionate creative. You've got your line that you sell in QVC. You've got your book, Collecting Confidence. You've got the Kim Gravel show, which I'm so excited to be on coming up. Tell me how this works. Like, you know your why. And then do you have an idea and then say, okay, does it go through the filter of my purpose? And then if it does, then you act on it? Correct.
1: There's things I turn down all the time. Like I've been offered several more TV shows, but I mean, the why wasn't there for me. So what's the point for exposure? I don't really need exposure. I need to do what fills me up and the exposure will come. See, we get it backwards. We put the cart before the horse. We are trying to create opportunities when we should be cultivating ourselves and the opportunities will find us, the right ones. People say, do you have a soulmate? I don't know, probably, I don't know, but I know what I don't wanna date when I was dating because I made the mistake. So I don't date it just to be dating. I could be working on me so that the right one when he finds me, I could say the same thing about a career. So you want an opportunity people try to hustle because I don't believe in hustle. They try to hustle for the opportunity instead of
0: preparing for when it comes. So, okay. Someone's listening. They're like, all right, all this sounds great, but what are my steps? Tell me if I've got this right. You find out your why, you find out your purpose, then you find out your who, who are you serving? Who do you want to talk to? And then you figure out, what it is exactly that you're going to do that will fulfill that purpose and who you serve.
1: Right. But it probably is right in front of you. Right. Yeah. So it's probably, I'm going to give you an example. Let's say you started a book club, but you want to be a writer. You've always had this desire to write a book. And so you start this book club and you're reading other people's books. And then someone has you write a blog about someone else's book. That's the next step. Writing the book. Okay, don't despise small beginnings. Those little opportunities always lead to the big get. If I was a betting woman, I would say to everybody listening, there are so many little things you should be saying yes to and big things you should be saying no to based on your purpose.
0: Woo! Okay. Let's get back to this no thing because that's hard in general. Like boundaries are very difficult, especially for a lot of women. We've been, you know, socialized to say yes and be nice and smile and be good girls. How did you step into the power of no? When it
1: stopped being aligned with my purpose, and two, when I became so fatigued, I could not perform my purpose. Let me tell you something it's about women we're doers, we get her done. We get the thing done. And so in any business or anything in life, 10% of people do 100% of the work and they work the 10% people to death and promote and give the raise to the 90. Yeah. I don't know. Failing up is very popular in our society. So when I stopped being so tired that I couldn't do what I loved and what I enjoyed and what fed my soul because I was just trying to get her done for everybody else saying no, it was tough. It's still tough. I still have to say no. And I'm like, and I say it in a way like, oh, I wish I had the time for that. I do it in a very genuine, loving way because I I want to help people. I want to serve people, but not at the expense of what God has for me. Unless he tells me sacrifice because you need to do this. But most of the time, it's not coming from God. It's coming from a need or a fire that needs to be put out or helping someone else. So When it doesn't align with your purpose, I say, say no. When it's a detriment to you and your health and your well being, that has to be a big NO. Y'all, we are so deficient, not only nutritionally, but emotionally and spiritually and mentally. Women are in the negative. It's time to take our lives back and restore and renew and be about what God
0: has for us to do. It's so true. And I think part of that is that busyness. We keep ourselves on a hamster meal where we ha- are so busy, busy, busy all the time that we don't have any time, we don't have any space for the messages to come in or to hear our own voice. How do you cultivate quiet in your life? I do it every morning.
1: I mean, some mornings I don't, some mornings, I, but I, I carve out, if it's not just five or 10 minutes, just in total silence. And people say, well, <laughs> okay, good luck with that. But it is a practice. I say this too, that purpose is a practice. It's something that you have to consciously decide. And y'all don't pick up the phone, quiet your mind. I'm not talking about just deep meditation or anything. I'm just talking about just having some still small breaths that you're just quiet and you can reset because we forget, we have to be reminded Lauren To be such creatures of habit, the good habits are hard to to cultivate, much harder than the bad ones. But you have to purposely decide, I'm going to put my well-being and my spirituality and my mental health and my purpose first. We have to do that purposefully. We have to make that decision because women just give out. We don't have to think about that. That comes easy.
0: We got to do what doesn't come easy and take that time for ourselves. Have to. Kim, we're coming to the end of our time. I think I have two questions. If there was one final piece of advice you could give somebody listening who isn't feeling confident right now, what would you say to them and why?
1: I would say a couple of things. One, you are. First of all, you don't think you are, but you are. So just know that. Okay. You're confident. You have it on the inside of you. You just, it's just covered up, girl. You got it. You got, we got to chip away at that masterpiece that's inside of you. But two, make this year, the year that you decide to move in what you're called to do. I want you to really decide to put that as priority in your life. No distractions. We got to be busy because we are busy, we have kids, a lot of us are, you know, busy with careers, school, what have you. Please decide right now, as you're listening to my voice, to ask yourself, why am I here? Who am I supposed to serve? And how do you want me to do it, God? Just do one of those things. Just one of them. And you'll be surprised how alive you will begin to feel again. You won't feel beat down. Your purpose does not make you feel beat down. It gives you energy. Your calling in life does not make you feel defeated. It gives you supernatural, powerful strength. And who doesn't want that, Lauren? I don't know one person on this earth, no matter their age, no matter their race, no matter where they come from, that doesn't want that in their
0: life. It's time to love the life you have. It's time to love who you are, girl. Mm, Yes, amen. And my final question. Two-parter, actually, so I'm getting a two-for-one special. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Is if you could stand in the same room, let's say, as that 37-year-old version of yourself who's starting to call in her purpose, and if you and her were standing in the same room looking at each other right now, what do you think she would say to you today and why? She would say what she said back then how in the world
1: am I going to do this? Nobody wants to listen to what I have to say. I'm 37. I've rode hard and put up wet. I've got these small children. How the heck am I going to even begin to dream, much less see it come to pass? And my 52-year-old self talking to her, I go, oh, girl, hold on for the roller coaster ride, baby, because you get ready to hop on the scream machine and your life is going to be so adventurous. Just
0: take the step and hang on. Oh, Kim, I'm so happy you did. And thank you for lighting the way for all of us to know that we can also do the same. I am so grateful for you. And thank you so much for being on on Unleashed. But more importantly, thank you for being who you are. It is the best thing about you.
1: I love you, girl. I love being Unleashed. You got to hand me back. (laughs) Please tell your mom. Tell your mom when we send her a box of goodies. So you got to give me her address. Oh, my God. She's going to be so
0: excited. (laughs) Just tell her I got her. I will. I got her. I will. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You're the best, Kim. Thank you. Love you, girl. Love you. Thank you for listening and thanks to my guest, Kim Gravel. For more info on Kim, follow her at Kim Gravel and visit her website, KimGravel.com and find her podcast, The Kim Gravel Show. You can listen to it on any podcasting app, watch it on YouTube or on QVC+. And get a copy of her book, Collecting Confidence, wherever good books are found. Thanks to Rachel Fulton for helping edit and associate produce this show. Follow her at Rachel M. Fulton. Thank you to Liz Full for the show's theme music. Follow her at Liz Full. And again, thank you. If you like what you heard today, remember to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Share the show with a friend and post about it on social media. Tag me at Lauren LaGrasso and at Unleash Your Inner Creative, and I will repost to share my gratitude. Also tag Kim at Kim Gravel so she can share as well. My wish for you this week is that you work to identify your unique purpose and message. It's important to remain true to yourself through this journey. That's where the real magic happens, when you're showing up authentically. Use Kim's insights to take determined steps and see if you can drill down your purpose into two words, I love you and I believe in you. Talk with you next week.